I was a young minister, freshly graduated from United Theological Seminary of the Twin Cities the previous year, thrilled to be doing an internship with Reverend Victoria Safford at White Bear Unitarian Universalist Church in Matamidi, Minnesota. Okay, I was not young. I was in my 42nd year of life, which seems young to me now, but um, I, but I mean I was a young minister. I was new to the boots on the ground, respond to the moment, practical matters of ministry in a congregation, and thrilled to be trusted to help facilitate one of the new UU classes that happened there after the Sunday worship service. This was a class like our UU and U classes, a place where visitors and new members and longer-time members who wanted to learn more about our history and our tradition and our congregations could come to ask questions, delve a little deeper into Unitarian Universalism, and explore what it all meant to them. So I was attempting to explain how our congregations affirm a free search for truth and meaning, not because we think that beliefs are unimportant, but because we believe that they are so important that we would never presume to hand out a one-size-fits-all creed at the door. I was attempting to explain that we encourage and support one another in our unique journeys and feel that members indeed have the responsibility to engage that search for truth and to report back to share their experience and insights, to strengthen the bonds of the community, and to encourage others in their explorations. Further, that in discovering what we really do believe and the values we hold dear, there is a further expectation that we seek to practice those values, holding ourselves accountable to our own highest aspirations and nurturing one another that we may all grow into the people we are called to be. One woman was listening particularly intently throughout this explanation. And I watched a smile growing on her face. A smile that seemed to grow from interest to understanding to almost pure delight. When I had finally sputtered to a stop to catch a breath before continuing my enthusiastic invitation to this living tradition, I saw that she wished to speak, so I nodded to her. And she said through a now large smile, this is so. And she did pause there, I remember. And as she searched for the word or words that she wanted, I was busily filling in the blanks. This is so wonderful. This is so freeing. This is so awesome. But that is not what she said. This is what she said. This is so hard. This is so hard. And the smile never left her face and the joyful expre expression did not fade from her eyes. And I knew that she had found precisely the word that she wanted. This is so hard. It is. And there are days that I would like to skip past that truth. 
For those of you who were here a couple weeks ago, you may have noticed or may not have noticed, but those who did will get extra credit after the service. You may have noticed that I used the same Mahatma Gandhi quotation for the call to worship today that I used two weeks ago when we kicked off this month's theme on practice. I used it again, at least in part, because I didn't want to use it. Does that make sense? I used it again today because I felt that it was important that I rise above my initial inclination to avoid its message. Here's the passage from Gandhi. A principle is a principle, and in no case can it be watered down because of our incapacity to live it in practice. We have to strive to achieve it, and the striving should be conscious, deliberate, and hard. That is pretty direct. Not an easy thing. Not an easy thing even to say. Not particularly what I wish to tell you all when I am inviting you to be part of this community. But that's a problem. And quite frankly, it's all too often a problem for many Unitarian Universalist congregations in particular. We don't want to tell you this will be hard. In fact, we want to sell you on just how incredibly easy it is. Come on in. It doesn't matter what you believe. You can believe whatever you want. You don't have to believe anything. You don't have to do anything to be a member. Just sign the book. You don't have to give anything. We're not a church church. Not like one of those churches that tell you what to believe and tell you what to do and tell you what to give. We are free and open and welcoming. So come on in. Nothing is required. Our door is open. You see, it's a weird jumble of a message that begins with acceptance and ends in confusion. Because people join us and all of a sudden here they're not doing their share. And they ask, understandably, do our share of what? Because people join us hearing a lot about the freedom from any particular requirements and expectations. And all of a sudden we are reading our covenant together holding this community dear and inspired by our common principles. And remember, a principle is a principle, and in no case can it be watered down because of our incapacity to live it in practice. Holding this community dear and inspired by our common principles, we covenant to respect and trust each other, accept our differences and shortcomings, Practice patience, compassion, and empathy. Listen deeply. Speak truthfully. Wait a minute. You said it was going to be easy. Okay, it's not too hard to read those words, but we say right in there that we promise, we covenant to do them, to practice. We have all failed and or will fail at some part of this covenant, but that does not relieve us of the promise to begin again, to continue our practice. A covenant is a covenant, and in no case can it be watered down because we fail to realize it every day. We have to strive to achieve it, and the striving should be conscious, deliberate, and hard. And then we read our mission statement to deepen connections by nurturing spiritual growth, practicing justice, 
and inspiring joy. It is difficult to even figure out what it means to nurture spiritual growth, both individually and as families and as a community. And then it takes more effort and intention to carry that out. And what does it look like to practice justice in my life? Will I choose the often messy, frustrating, and difficult work of deepening connections when it would be oh so much easier to isolate and insulate and simply take care of myself? And can we ever really hope to completely fulfill such a mission? A mission is a mission, and in no case can it be watered down because we fail to realize it every day. We have to strive to achieve it, and the striving should be conscious, deliberate, and hard. Strive to achieve it and practice every day with this congregation as our training ground. These are not one-time efforts, not annual events or special programming. These all point to daily practice. Paradoxical as it may seem, Aldous Huxley writes, it is for very many persons much easier to behave selflessly in times of crisis than it is when life is taking its normal course in undisturbed tranquility. When the going is easy, there is nothing to make us forget our precious selfness. Nothing to distract our minds from the distractions with which we have chosen to be identified. We are at perfect liberty to wallow in our personality to our heart's content. And how we wallow, he says. It is for this reason that all the masters of the spiritual life insist so strongly upon the importance of little things. The saint is one who knows that every moment of our human life is a moment of crisis. For at every moment we are called upon to make an all-important decision, to choose between the way that leads to death and spiritual darkness and the way that leads toward light and life. Frankly, this seemed extreme to me too. Not unlike Gandhi, it felt to me like Huxley was making everything so hard. Every moment of our human life is a moment of crisis. Every moment we are called upon to choose between the way that leads to death and spiritual darkness and the way that leads toward light and life. And I might be able to console myself with the fact that he said that the saint knows these things, so I could just leave that to the saints. But let's face it, Unitarian Universalism is really not big on saints. We are all for the democratization of sainthood. Our tradition promoted the priesthood and prophethood of all believers. We affirmed that the great prophets and teachers and leaders from Jesus to Buddha to Moses to Muhammad were not to be worshipped but in their best examples to be emulated, that the ways in which they lived and what they taught, all of that lives as potential in each of us and all of us. So leaving it to the saints does not get me off the hook. So how am I to understand this? 
More importantly, how will I allow it to affect my life, my behavior, my actions, my attitudes? To think that every moment holds this decision feels ominous, a heavy burden to carry into each day. But I can look at it differently. I can come to see every moment not as an opportunity to fail, but as an invitation to practice. To meet all, even the most trivial circumstances of daily living without malice, greed, self-assertion, or voluntary ignorance, but consistently with love and understanding. Think of the potential of that. The more that we practice to meet each circumstance, with love. Reverend Michael Curry cast the vision this way in his sermon at the wedding of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle yesterday. Imagine our homes and families when love is the way. Imagine our neighborhoods and communities where love is the way. Imagine governments and nations where love is the way. Imagine business and commerce when love is the way. Imagine this tired old world when love is the way. When love is the way, unselfish, sacrificial, redemptive. When love is the way, then no child will go to bed hungry in this world ever again. When love is the way, we will let justice roll down like a mighty stream and righteousness like an ever-flowing brook. When love is the way, poverty will become history. When love is the way, the earth will be a sanctuary. When love is the way, we will lay our swords and shields down by the riverside to study war no more. When love is the way, there's plenty of room for all of God's children. When love is the way we actually treat each other, well, like we are actually family. This is so hard. That woman said to me at a long ago class in a Unitarian Universalist congregation halfway across the country from here. This is so hard. And if anything, with the pronunciation of that word, her smile broadened and the joyful expression in her eyes grew brighter. And I knew what she meant, confirmed by the fact that she joined that day and continued in that congregation. This is so hard and it is exactly what I've been looking for. This is so hard and it is what I need. This is so hard and I can't wait to get started. This is so hard, and thank you for the opportunity. That, I think, is the joy we talk about inspiring in our mission statement. The joy that comes with working toward a world where love is the way. It won't be easy. We have to strive to achieve such a world, and the striving should be conscious, deliberate, and hard. But can you imagine such a world? Can you look out to the horizon to catch just a glimpse of that land? Do you see it? 